You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. We also just recently launched our Patreon page, a Patreon page for premium content. So if you're looking to not only support the show, participate in Zoom calls with us, trivia, unaired segments, you want to join our fantasy baseball league, all that good stuff, really more of us. If you're, if you're looking for <laughs> right. more of Ulysses and I, check that out at patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. And if you have any questions about that, you can email us at lockedonrays at gmail.com. Well, your Tampa Bay Rays lose in extra innings at home to the Washington Nationals 4-2, to losing the season series 3-1 and now dropping five of their last eight games, all two last place teams, by the way. This all cuts their AL East lead to three against the surging New York Yankees. Ulysses, quite frankly, I'm just glad that we're done with the Nationals because I'm just saying, I'm going to put this out there. If this was a 162-game season, I think the Nationals would do what they did last year, not necessarily mm-hmm. win the World Series, but definitely play spoiler and keep things interesting because they're a, uh, they're a spunky bunch. I don't know how a guy with a, you know an ADRA somehow comes through and and pitches well against the Rays at Tropicana Field, but that's baseball, I guess. Yeah, that's why you got to play the game. And we've said that a thousand times, and we say to our co-hosts, please don't talk crap about the pitcher with the ADRA because he no crap about a- Austin Voth, Austin Voth, oh, whatever his name is. Look, I, I will talk crap about the fact that uh, the Rays left uh, what eleven in scoring position and nineteen on base. I will talk about that. Yes, that, let's we can harp on that. But my two biggest things about this game specific one is a little bit more uh, broad. But so let's start with that one. The first one, the strikeouts have got to stop. They've got to stop today. Mm-hmm. Punto. I mean, you've got sixteen strikeouts today or yesterday rather sixteen. You're giving them sixteen outs just. Put the ball in play. Make contact. Not everything has to be a home run approach. And if you're in that boat where you're saying, well, actually, I like the new baseball. I like the home run. I like the three-point shoot rather than everything else. It's it's all or nothing. Then I will tell you, it's not working. You know why? Because the Rays are so, so low in the home run tally right Right now, they're they're tied for 11th in all of Major League Baseball at 60, what, 67? So they're so far, and they're number one in strikeouts. So it's really not cost-effective, this approach, 
that they're doing because they're not getting the home runs, but they're getting all of the negative from striking out so much. So that has got to stop. I mean, look, just a quick Google search uh, on MLB.com or a search, whatever. Okay, Boomer. Uh, <laughs> strikeouts. The, the race at 488. In the American League, the second team is the Tigers at 463. Knock it off. It's not helping you. Strikeouts are not helping you. So that's my first thing. My second thing. We had a Kevin Crash moment yesterday. Can you guess which one it is? Um, I am going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that it was when he brought in Oliver Drake to replace Josh Fleming after Drake had missed five plus weeks on the IL, similar to when uh, they had. Well, it wasn't really their fault. They had to use Ryan Yarbrough as a starter at one point about 12 days ago or whatever it was now. But bringing him in cold instead of a, if it was a blowout or if you were up by a certain amount and you want to kind of ease Drake back in instead of putting him in such a uh, high leverage situation just coming back. I mean, you got, yes, you got too cute in the sixth inning. You got too cute. You, you got too happy saying, oh, well, I'm going to go in with an opener. Oh, and I'm not going to go with a second opener. Ha ha, I got you. And then, okay, I'm going to put Fleming. Fleming had pitched three and two-thirds innings, allowing one hit and one walk, and had only 54 pitches. Mm-hmm. It's a close game. The Rays are leading by one. And that's the perfect time for Drake to get some action. Not only that, let's look at the lineup. You're facing the meat of the order. You've got Soto, you've got Cabrera, and they had both had grounded out to Fleming in mm-hmm. previous at-bats. And this is when you think that Drake should get some work? I mean, I look, and before, yeah. before we get to this, the segment where we have to defend Kevin Crash here, uh, I, I beg you to not give me the, the numbers of Oliver Drake against lefties and Josh Flemings against lefties because they're, part, they're, they're, they're very alike. And in, in Fleming has seven innings of work against lefties. Drake has two and two-thirds, and they're mirror to each other. So right. there really wasn't any benefit into going to Drake. That was just a bad managerial move by Kevin Crash. The only thing I can think of, and I agree with you. Yeah, I don't really understand that spot there. I would have liked to see Fleming go a little bit longer. The only thing I can think of is if they're trying to maybe conserve or save him for this upcoming five-game set against the Orioles. Okay, where's a good spot we can put Fleming in? Well, you had a good spot in this game against the Nationals. You're trying to win games here. You can't necessarily right. manage for the future all the time. You've got to look at the present and look at the situation. Now, I will say a little bit in Kevin Crash's defense, uh, I don't think he would necessarily go to Oliver Drake in that situation if, you know, Alvarado's on the mend, uh, Pochet's out, Beeks is out, Cody Reed's out. There's not a lot of lefty-ish options that you can go to. You had one on point. the mound. You yes, had one I, on the mound. I agree with you there. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, there was no. I, again, I think sometimes managers get too quirky and too cute. They try to like we say. Joe West is trying to make the game about himself. Sometimes managers want to make the game about themselves so that 
after the press conference, they can say, well, you know, it's really nice to, uh, you know, push the right buttons here and there. Right. Oh, man, he's such a savvy manager. Like, sometimes you just – a good manager knows when not to do something. And and he did not recognize that Fleming – unless something is going on with Fleming, which we don't know, mm-hmm. and we definitely hope that there is nothing wrong with Josh Fleming, that was the wrong move to make. Yeah, but big picture – I think is the race have to score more runs. They can't strike out as much and yeah. they can't leave as many runners as they did on base. For sure. Who are the biggest uh, issues yesterday? I guess Manny Margot wasn't so hot at the plate. Willie Adamas again. Uh, I, I hate to, I mean, we've been talking about Willie Adamas a lot, but he is mired in a major, major slump. But I think Manny Margot, literally every time he was at the plate, there were like two or three runners aboard and he does absolutely nothing with up, it up and down the lineup yeah i think margot had the worst night with nine le- left on base but up and down the lineup wendell two strikeouts adamas three strikeouts margot three strikeouts uh arozarena aros habanero chef randy two strikeouts <laughs> sutsugo two strikeouts wow sutsugo i really thought he was g- getting a little bit better there but he has sunk down again admired with those strikeouts uh look the only guy that kind of uh had a good day well actually two guys and they have the same last name but different pronunciation lao and lo they had fantastic games last night big nate with uh the three walks clutch hit um you would you would have liked that clutch hit to come in the 10th inning (laughs) there with the men on second that would have been nice uh, yes it was the l-o-w-e show offensively for the rays and that was about it quite frankly i thought after brandon lao which that was an amazing moment with two strikes oh, yeah. to launch a slider like that. Uh, also, um, Nate Lowe earlier in the game, a two-strike curveball for a base hit in RBI. Yeah. That was nice as that well. Clutch, but yeah. I thought when the Rays tied it up there, I was like, they're going to win this game. That, yeah. That's it. They, I they are, there is no way that uh, they're going to lose this game. And then, of course, Anderson misses it's a pitch. Human. And it's going to happen. I'm not going to put this on Nick Anderson no. necessarily because he, he had come in with 14 scoreless appearances and he had said in the post game, it was bound to happen. You can't have a zero 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 ERA for your entire season or entire career. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you, you can't put this on Nick. If anybody is putting this on Nick Anderson, which on Twitter verse or Twitter world, uh, you haven't really seen people mm-hmm. go after Nick Anderson, which I actually applaud uh, fans for not doing so because that would be the wrong thing. Look, yes. how many innings had he pitched already? 13 without uh, letting in a run? I believe it was 14. It was a lot. It's been yeah. a lot. He's been – I mean, he had to clean up the mess the day before that Ryan Sheriff put the team in. He's been so good. Look, fans are very irrational, right? We're all very irrational about sports because this is just yes. sports, right? But we're irrational about it. He has been so effective that irrational fans that turn against a player very quickly are saying, no, you can't really put it on him. So, like, that's, that just tells you how yes. good Nick Anderson has been. By the way, if you're looking at his ERA after yesterday, it's okay. It's still at 0.69. Nice. That works. Uh, you know what would be nice to maybe alleviate some of these strikeouts? Uh, well, one, Willie Adamas not uh, looking at fastballs in the zone and then swinging at breaking balls way outside of the zone. That'd be one thing. But yeah. it would really be nice, and I don't know if this is going to happen uh, soon or in the playoffs or whatever, but 
having Yandy's bat in the lineup mm-hmm. that just puts contact to the ball yes. and gets on base, that could have been a different ball game if he was in the lineup, quite frankly. I gotta hate the the strikeouts just have got to stop. I mean, it really it, it's 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 ridiculous the, the 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 rate at which is happening because you're not seeing the results. I mean, if you're if you're telling me that yes. you you are going to be okay, let's bomb away. Well, you're not bombing away anybody. The and, the only and, and, yeah. Look at the Yankees right now. The Yankees are number one in the American League with with home runs, and they're second to last in the American League in strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, th- that's working. Mm-hmm. That's working. Don't be don't don't be this team that strikes out so much, doesn't put the ball in play, doesn't have the power to compensate it. It's just not helping you. Yeah, and that's not the Rays game. The Rays game isn't just being like the Bronx Bombers and hitting a ton of home runs. You've got to right. manufacture runs. And baseball 101 here, you can't really manufacture runs if you're striking out all the time. Maybe it was a psychological thing where they're thinking Oh, look at Austin Voss ERA. Look at this pitching staff. Maybe. This, we can go to work here. This is our opportunity. We've talked about this. I brought this up a, a week ago. We're playing down to the competition. Rich Hollenberg said this. Now it's 10 and 9 against teams under 500. You said five of the last eight losses have been mm-hmm. to last place teams. I, we're going against the Orioles. Not a last place team, but certainly out of contention now. Um, I'm I again we all screamed for joy for this schedule it ain't working it ain't yeah, working unfortunately and the Rays have a five game series upcoming five games in four days against the Baltimore Orioles on the road uh, we got some comments from listeners here on the Rays Peter Glasgow says not a vent really but I'm disappointed with myself for being disappointed with the team a losing September, at least so far, is exactly what's not needed in the run-up to the playoffs. Has the team already peaked? I absolutely hope not. Uh, Sarah Guyberson says, why do we continue to play down to the crappy teams? Good question. And uh, Chris Godwinston at TB underscore Bucks underscore for life says, all started when Cash put Drake in there, which made absolutely no sense. We are on board with him there. Uh, you mentioned the second opener idea and concept for the Rays. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save this for Friday's show. I got okay. some nicknames instead of second opener. That's a little long winded. Yes. So I'm going to present those and the listeners gave some great suggestions as well. Uh, we will not be putting, no, it will, uh, hopefully <laughs> I swear to God, I, I really hope that it does not turn into the Randy or Ros arena snafu and nickname gate that we we will not be putting a poll up we are just seeking and soliciting comments from <laughs> listeners on what could possibly be a decent decent nickname again it's not become it's not going to become law you call the second opener whatever you want we're not going to hold you to that but yeah. we will maybe have a little bit of fun with that uh on tomorrow's show i also want to get to this real quickly uh now that the rays have wrapped up the season series versus the nationals i gotta give you Okay. A doppelganger alert. Ooh. Adam Eaton. Yes. He looks like a member of the Rays. And not necessarily an active health member of the Rays. No, but you are on the right track with a reliever. Think beard. Chaz Rowe. Chaz Rowe. Oh my you gosh, they look alike. Them. He's an elongated version of Adam Eaton. It's like if Adam Eaton, you know, uh, 
just got fantastic forward into uh elastic man or whatever right yeah it's, it's kind of yeah. like a taller slimmer version of yeah. adam eaton if you have a chance google adam eaton google <laughs> Chaz Rowe, look at their headshots give a little side yeah. by side they've got the thick dark beard the olive colored skin the dark yeah. eyes perfect shape of the face ish they're about the same age when when Adam Eaton was out there, I was like, "Is that Chaz Rowe? Did Chaz he get Rowe traded? Shrink a couple and, of inches? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he's a right tough. field. <laughs> that might be one of my better uh, doppelgangers. It's really good. I'm not, yeah. This is pretty good. This is on point, one hundred percent, Kevo. It's better than the uh, Bradley Cooper. What was the guy's Look, name? Kick him. I've apologized for this. It was a stupid idea. I was I I was emotional. I had just watched Wally, man. Yeah, God. that's true. What's yeah. not stupid? Is your conversation that you had with Connor Newcomb, host of Locked On Orioles? You had an in-depth conversation. Hey, yeah. we can tell you about the Orioles, but what better guy to tell you about Baltimore than the guy who does a show about the team every single day? So we've got a good snippet um, from Connor Nick, uh, Newcomb. That's coming up next. But first, we've got to tell you about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now, you know, this is going to be a five game series, which we mentioned at the top because, uh, you know, the, the, the one game wasn't played at the end at the end of the series in the trop. But, uh, you know, this has been an interesting season series so far because I think shocking everyone, the Orioles swept the Rays at Camden Yards way back in July at the very right. beginning of this thing. Um, and then they went to Tampa and the Rays did take the two games they played there, but they were bo- both very close games and, and well-played baseball games. Um, it was not really the games we saw between these two teams last year. Uh, some games really got out of hand in favor of Tampa against the Orioles last season. So, you know, as someone who's, who's watching this team, covering this team and, and, you know, other Rays fans among you, how do they view the Orioles as opposed to how they probably viewed them the last two years, just with how the two teams have played head to head? I, I think the, the viewpoint is the Orioles are a talented team offensively. They, they've got some bats and, and you can see in the team stats how, how well they, they've actually, you know, uh, done 
so far in, in, in this season. I think they're rated third in the American League with a 258 average. Um, they're tied with Tampa in home runs, I think 66 to 67, something like that. Um, so they're a good hitting team. There's good, bright starts there. I mean, you got Santander. I think he's hurt, though. Um, you've got Mountcastle, who's been hitting the heck out of the ball, and he's been really, really interesting. Jose Iglesias has been a very bright spot. So I think the Rays fans do view the Orioles more as a very good hitting team, but it's the pitching that they're lacking. Um, and, and, but, you know, as you're saying, there are two bright spots that are, that we might see this weekend, correct? Yeah. And then, and we might see, we're definitely going to see Dean Kramer in one of the games of the doubleheader who has made two major league starts so far, both against the Yankees and has been great in both of them. And then we could see another rookie in Bruce Zimmerman, John Means, who was really the only Orioles bright spot pitching last year. Uh, after a rough start to the season, he, he lost his dad early in the season. It was really tough for him. Mm-hmm. He's really, you know, finally found it from 2019 again, his last couple of starts. So it could be an interesting series. And, and you know what? Nobody expected it. And they're still pretty far out because after a tough weekend in the Bronx, the Orioles are now five games out of the playoffs. Right. But the fact that they got about 10 games to play and they're not eliminated yet is is exciting and it's and i think it makes these games more fun and and maybe kicks the rays up a notch as well and gets them ready for the playoffs well i kind of wanted to get you your your temperature here because as somebody covering the orioles and being a fan how does it kind of feel this 2020 season going through a rebuild but at the same time still collecting 21 wins when people did not see that coming not being boston basically and with 11 games to go no 12 games to go for the orioles still have an outside chance of getting into the playoffs yeah i think at the beginning of the season you know you saw a lot of of national people saying you know will the orioles get to 10 wins um and and obviously they they got there pretty easily but uh I, the assumption was this Oriole team is is going to compete for the number one pick uh, and, and they might be you know slotted to get Kumar Rocker the the great right hander out of Vanderbilt right and then they really what happened was that Rays series and they yeah. swept a really good team they pitched incredibly well that weekend against Tampa mm-hmm. and you just saw like you know they have some some usable arms this year um and and they took a series from the Yankees. Um, and they, they played well against teams like the Red Sox and the Mets. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden, yes, they're, they're 21 and, and 27 now, and they're probably not going to make the postseason, but they got themselves to, to a half game behind the Yankees at one point last week yeah. for that final playoff spot. And basically, I think there was like a week there where people were mad that they wouldn't get the number one pick. And now we're at the point like, you know what? We're seeing the young players come up and produce. We're seeing some veterans produce. And it's basically saying they might not make the playoffs now, but this is going to do wonders for these guys' confidence going into next year, going exactly. into the year after that. And maybe, just maybe, you know, these rebuilds can take a varying amount of time. Maybe this year and all the success, maybe it cuts a year off the rebuild down mm-hmm. the road. Maybe yeah. it becomes 2023 instead of 24 or 2022 instead of 23 when they start to, you know, really compete again. And look, and no, nothing would please race fans better than seeing the Orioles be good again, because that possibly means that the Yankees and the Red Sox might not be so good. And it would be really such a fresh start for the AL East. So that would be really good news uh, on that front. But 
I, again, like like we said earlier, these young stars on the uh, on the offense on the Orioles are very entertaining. For example, Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, could he, could he be a long term candidate? Uh, Renato Nunez. He, I mean, he's got pop. Uh, I I don't know if you have any preference on who the next long term guy is. I know you as an Orioles fan uh, over there. They they probably don't like albatross contracts. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, so if, is there a, a next guy that you were, okay, no, this would be good money spent uh, for this player? You know, we're seeing it in Mountcastle. He's been fantastic. This is obviously his rookie season. They didn't call him up until about, you know, a, a third of the way through this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he's been fantastic. He keeps on hitting, and he's been great. You know, the big question still, which has been, Really, I think the biggest surprise of the Orioles competing this year is that they haven't had their best player all season. Trey Mancini has not played all year. Uh, and right. he is, I mean, no one's going to argue with you. Trey Mancini is the best player on this <laughs> Orioles roster. And they haven't had him all season. And luckily, you know, his cancer treatment is going well, and they hope he's on the field next year. Um, but but they haven't had him. And so that was the guy who you would answer before. Maybe you lock right. him up. Now you think about Mountcastle, um, and then you, you start looking behind him, and you think about maybe Santander, who was, you know, maybe on the fringes of the MVP conversation before he got injured. You know, he wasn't going to win it, but he, you thought he might have finished top 10 um, before he got injured. And so those are a couple guys. And then, you know, the Orioles have some top prospects. They, they now have the number eight uh, system in baseball. Not, not quite up to raise standards yet for the <laughs> system, but, but a top 10 system the Orioles haven't had in like my lifetime. And I don't know how, how much longer before that. Um, but but there's some younger guys they obviously want to see at the big league level, but but Mountcastle kind of fits in that in that mold. You know uh, that's interesting. You pick Mountcastle. Obviously he's he's a very talented player and, and he's showing it in 2020. But I I just I feel like as a as a race fan I, I I'm very jealous of people that can put a catcher on the in the lineup and note that they're gonna hit. Because for the last 12 years or so, uh, it hasn't been the case for for Rays. You, you've seen what the Rays have have brought out in the last 12 years, and except for Wilson Ramos and uh, TDA last year, it's it's been hey, but look at his glove work. So how does it feel when you see Pedro Severino in the lineup? Is, is that a good day is, to be an Orioles fan, or do you say hmm? I really don't like how he 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 works behind the plate. What's the lowdown in, in with Pedro Severino? It's so interesting because if there were an all-star game this year, Pedro Severino would be the starting catcher in the American League. He's been the best offensive catcher in the American League this year. And Chancisco, who's really been his backup, has also been really good at the plate. The issue is the two of them are two of the worst defensive catchers, both from the eye test and from the advanced metrics in baseball. <laughs> And so it's just like you love that bat, but you would love if maybe, you know, the Orioles instead of Cisco had a backup catcher, honestly, who was kind of a no hit big defense guy who you could throw in there in the eighth and ninth inning. You know, once Severino's got a couple of hits, the good thing for the Orioles is, though, despite these catchers, their number one prospect and the number three prospect in baseball is a catcher, Adley Rutschman, who not only has the bat, but has the defense as well. And the hope is that between the two catchers they have now, one sticks and one moves on by the time Adley gets there. And, you know, wow. if you have a guy with a bat, maybe not great defense, he's your backup catcher. I think you're OK with that when your star comes up 
and you put them back there every day. That'll be very exciting, and I, I you can you can know rest assured that all race fans will be plenty jealous <laughs> to see that that happen for for Orioles fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's it'll be exciting, and they've got some top prospects, and and it's funny because you know they've brought up four guys now to make their major league debut, and and most of them have have produced really well, and so it's making Orioles fans kind of salivate for the next wave of guys, and the guys they've brought up this year have been there, you know. 10 to 20 range prospects, but the top 10 guys might start trickling in next year or the year after. And now getting a little taste of these guys, it's just like, wow, what, what, like what, what could be coming next? Um, that, so it's, that's exciting. Yeah, that's really a, exciting. It's an exciting time, but, uh, it's going to be an exciting series too. And, and you know, the, the thing with the, the Orioles and the Rays is, you know, O's fans would love to take three or five from the series Ulysses, but if they don't, they do know in the back of their minds, that it makes it less likely that the Yankees win the division if the Rays do take this series. So it might actually be a win-win this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all brothers in arms when it comes to Jays, Orioles, and Rays fans. Uh, when it comes to the evil empire and uh, those who will not be named uh, on these podcasts. But uh, I think my last question for you is: I've always been a, an Alex Cobb fan. Uh, obviously not having such a great time with the Orioles got hurt a couple of times now in his Orioles tenure. You got Chris Davis and all that has happened. Those two big contracts. Will the Orioles say 2020 time to cut the court on both guys or not really? So the Chris Davis one, it's, it's funny you mentioned it. I uh, just uh, recorded Wednesday's episode uh, about this, um, and, and Chris Davis, he was on the IL for a couple weeks. Um, he just went back on the injured list with a knee issue. He's probably going to miss the rest of the season. He's got two years left on the giant contract. He went six for 52 at the plate this season without a home run. His offensive numbers are getting worse and worse. He's basically an automatic out, and with just two years now, left on this deal you know before he really wasn't blocking prospects he has mm-hmm. now started if he's in the lineup blocking prospects and blocking young guys from not just being in the lineup but frankly being on the roster because chris right. davis isn't bringing much and so i do think this will be it for chris davis i think they're going to cut him loose eat the money even with two years left on the deal however despite alex cobb's struggles this year um i do think because there's only one year left on his contract he's signed through 2021 I do believe they'll try to work with him in the offseason, get him back next year. There was a little bit of talk about could they trade him at this deadline uh, mm-hmm. this year, but he kind of his last two starts before the deadline didn't go well, and it kind of uh, you know got that out of the way. But I think the Orioles would love um, if they could get him back to at least you know just above league average starting pitcher Alex Cobb, where he can give the innings, be a veteran guy. And maybe just maybe flip him for one prospect at next year's trade deadline. Hold on to him. But it looks like you fall from grace has come to the end. And I think it's the end for Chris Davis. Yeah, no, it must be frustrating, right? You have to eat two years, which is what, 36, 37 mil. So but but you know what? Again, you're seeing these prospects come up that you can't. You don't have the luxury to not play um, a Ryan Mountcastle and all these young starts that are coming up in, in, in the Orioles system. So I think if you're an Orioles fan, yeah, you, it, it, it must be uh, a little bit frustrating, but really um, exciting for 2021 because after what you've seen in 2020, how can you not be excited about these young guys? 
Yeah, you're excited about these young guys. The more guys that might keep coming, you want to see all these guys in a in a full season. And the hope is, you know, if Trey Mancini's healthy and he can get back, and you put him in the middle of this lineup with all these young guys around him, you're thinking, all right, maybe the pitching's not there yet in 2021. But you almost kind of feel like the offense might be getting there by by next season, like to competing level. I, I hate living in a what if world that never yields any positive results but what if Mancini had actually been in this Orioles lineup I mean this could have been one of the biggest uh headliners of the season is the Orioles would have gotten to the playoffs yeah it would have been fun but you know we're just happy his uh his treatment's going well um and, and he's staying you know, staying healthy as much as he can. Yes. And, and it looks like at this point, you know, that that he's on a track uh, to return next season. Now, we, we don't know anything for sure, but but that's obviously the hope. And, and you know, it's been great that, that the Orioles have kind of rallied around him as well, despite, you know, his inability to even beat the ballpark at all yeah. um, this season. No, that's great. And that's what you hope, right, for guys like him, Kuki Carrasco. They're just they're great stars for the game very talented and you just want them to be healthy you know that comes first and then hopefully they can they can get get back into the field yeah it's been fun uh hopefully it'll be a, a a fun five games this weekend ulysses and uh thanks for doing a little little crossover episode here um of as course. we uh the, the final time of the orioles and the rays in 2020 and and i will say you know i know it's a division rival um but i'm i'm one of the biggest brandon lau fans you're gonna fine he went to university of maryland as did i um and oh, you don't awesome. have many university of maryland guys big leagues so uh i'm a big brandon Lau guy and uh i will be supporting the rays as we get to the postseason all right we hope you enjoyed that great banter about the baltimore orioles between ulysses and connor newcomb host of locked on orioles uh today the rays have a double header a 435 game and then a, uh, a game after that as well. At 435, it is Blake Snell going up against Dean Kramer. Ulysses, we know Blake Snell does not like pitching at Camden Yards. Hopefully he does a little right. bit better than he has in his uh, past appearances there. Dean Kramer, interestingly, is the first Israeli drafted by an MLB team. How about that? That's awesome. Good for him. That's really people cool. people who say that baseball isn't diverse enough. For, I mean, come on. It's one of the most diverse sports out there. Uh, as far as game two, uh, I don't think we know who's going to be starting nope. or opening or second opening or anything like that. So really, the, the best course of action is to watch really at least six hours of baseball. Uh, today <laughs> and tonight. And I'm glad I'm glad one of these games doesn't start at one o'clock like we had yesterday. I hate the weekday day game for people that have a job and have to focus on work you, know, you have it on mute fun. then you're like no i can't do it on mute i miss my bn Dwayne banter and then you mm-hmm. go oh wait, did i miss an email it's 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 pandemonium i like the 435 approach because at 435 yeah. let's be honest everybody has checked out already and mm-hmm. so uh it's it's nice you're likely working from home so it's not like you've got a major commute to worry we did about. a poll we did a poll, and like 89% of people uh, were happy because they could watch it because they're working from home. So that's pretty cool. How about that? How about that? Uh, a reminder 
If you're looking to support us in the show, be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. You'll be able to participate in Zoom calls with us, trivia with us, access to unaired segments. If you want to join our fantasy baseball league, all that good stuff and more. And if you have any questions about that, email us at lockedonrays at gmail.com. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Friday.